Now extended through January 14th, join a clean and spacious Planet Fitness for zero enrollment and only $10 a month. With tons of equipment and free fitness training, it's the perfect place for everybody to work out. Even me, mister, I'm so stressed I grind my teeth more than most people grind coffee. Especially you. Give your anxiety-clenched jaw a rest. My molars will be so happy. Start feeling spectacular today. Join in-club or at planetfitness.com. Zero enrollment, $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends January 14th. See club for details. This episode of the Delvin Cox Experience is brought to you by Jarrett Albrecht and the Long Box Crusade. Make sure you check out Jarrett on Twitter at Yard Sale Artist. Also, if you'd like to purchase some of his cool art or other things, check him out at the Yard Sale Artist dot bitcartel.com it's a lot of cool things on there that i know you probably find something that you'd like you can check out the long box crusade anywhere you get podcast also they have a patreon at patreon.com slash the long box crusade you can check out their podcast the crusader chronicles saturday matinee theater action film face off and many more so make sure you check them out on any podcast service that you like and look up long box crusade and you'll find their stuff Experience. Welcome to the experience. Welcome to the experience. Welcome to the Delvin Cox Experience, the podcast in which each week I'm on a one-man mission to unite our culture through diversity. I'm your host, Delvin Cox, and this week with me, I have the man, the myth, the legend, Ray Stacanus from the Who Would Win show. What's up, Ray? How you doing, brother? Man, you know, you're saying so many nice things to me right now, and I just want to let you know, of course, I deserve all of it. <laughs> That was the answer I was expecting. Well, I mean, you know, I'm on brand, at least. You know, you got that going. <laughs> you got that today. As always, we like to start the podcast off with the five for five. Five questions, five answers to get the ball rolling. Almighty Ray, are you ready? Uh, you know what? No, but let's do this anyway. <laughs> Question number one. What's the best album or song you listened to in the past year, and it doesn't have to be new? Well, it's not going to be new. <laughs> <laughs> I promise that right now. The best album song that I've heard. Let me tell you, I, uh, you know, I just, okay, here's the deal. I just bought a, a, a They Might Be Giants album. We're going to go totally off center. Uh, it's one that I remembered when I was a, a bit younger, and I said, oh, I'm going to buy one of the newer albums of They Might Be Giants. And I bought it on iTunes about a week ago. And then I looked and I go, oh, cool, I'm going to enjoy, re enjoy this newer album. And then I looked at the year it came out, and it came out in 2001. And I said, oh, this album can vote. <laughs> Maybe it's not so new anymore. It's called Mink Car, and it's by They Might Be Giants. Uh, and I really like that album. Awesome. That's a great answer. Question number two, and this is going to be a fun one for you. Okay. Top five G.I. Joe characters. Oh, my God. Now you ask everybody their top five G.I. Joe characters? You have just become my favorite show overnight. <laughs> <laughs> Um, top five characters. Well, okay, you got. Um, let's see, shipwreck definitely. Like that answer. Fan of Cobra Commander for sure. Yes. Big fan of Sergeant Slaughter. I mean, Obvo. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> it's my icon. I, I can't uh, not. I can't not say Sergeant Slaughter. Uh, let's see. Then we'll go Snake Eyes because uh, I want a yeah. Who and Wid battle with him. So that's good. 
And then my last one, you know, when I was a kid, uh, my favorite GI Joe character was Barbecue. That's gonna be your little your little uh, uh, curveball that I throw right there. I didn't expect Barbecue. That's a that's an interesting choice. Why you know why it was Barbecue? It's because uh, this is gonna sound stupid, but uh, it's purely because if I remember correctly, that character had red hair, and I have red hair, and so it was wow. like a representation thing of seeing somebody on TV that sort of, you know, had red hair like I did because there were not a ton of, you know, I, I had Lion-O, like, and that's not exactly the most, you know, dynamic role model. Yeah. Nothing against Lion-O, of course. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't, pick, you didn't pick any of the mainstays. You didn't pick Flint or Duke or Falcon. No, you know, I'm not a huge, you know, this is going to be, uh, can I be honest with you? Let's, you know, yeah. are you going to make me cry today? Uh, yeah. I'm going to say I am not a huge Duke fan. I'm I'm just not it, you know, and he's a great character and played by Michael Bell, who's an amazing voice talent. Um, but you know, Duke is just you know he's the captain of the football team, and that is not the guy I identified with pretty much my entire life. Plus, he's always getting captured. <laughs> he's getting more concussions and going into more comas than I think you know any <laughs> twenty-year NFL pro. <laughs> Question number three. This is going to be a good one. Especially who I'm asking. Ray, what is the dumbest thing you've done as a kid? Oh, boy. I mean, do you have a top 20? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do dumb things now. So that's totally, uh, that's a great question. Um, dumbest thing I did as a kid. Oh, boy. You know, the story my mom likes to tell to, uh, to get me in trouble socially is when I was, I want to say, three or four years old. Um, we were at church and I decided I was a big boy who didn't need help going to the bathroom. And so in the middle of the church service, I, I went and I did it by myself and I felt good, but I couldn't figure out how to put it all back together again. Oh. So I came out of the middle of the church service, walking down the aisle, yelling, mommy, mommy, with my pants hanging around my ankles because <laughs> I couldn't figure out how to put them back up again. Um, we'll just put that one on the list and we'll, we'll call it there um, for legal purposes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. Question number four. If you can pick any dream characters to have a one-on-one -on -one matchup and who would win, who would they be? Don't give somebody who's in future, obviously. Don't give up no spoilers. <laughs> Well, we, we, we do plan in advance a little bit, and we do, you know, we obviously take um, audience suggestions, uh, as has been proven over the last few weeks. Um, the two characters that I would want to, you know, there was one matchup that I don't think was right, but I loved it in my head. Um, and this is, you know, it's going to be real off the wall, but I suggested this to, to James Gavsey, and he said, I just don't see it, but I do, gosh darn it. Uh, it was Solid Snake from the Metal Gear Solid series of games, if you're familiar. Um, versus versus Megatron of the Transformers, with my idea being one is huge and the other is small, but one guy's entire deal is he blows up large robots. <laughs> I think you messed up on that one, James. That definitely should have been a win. Said I am perfectly willing to take Solid Snake in this matchup. I'll give you the favorite. I'll give you Megatron. Um, I really like think that's a fun battle to try to argue. And maybe down the road, I'll convince him to do it if I just keep bringing it up over and over again and annoying him with it. But uh, that's that's a matchup that I feel like kind of got, got away. <laughs> and so I'd love to this. maybe revisit it. Yeah? I will say this. If he argues the movie version, Solid Snake wins 10 out of 10 times. I agree. 10 out of 10 times. It's not even a question. Because he won't argue the movie version. <laughs> yeah. It's not even it's not even close that Silent Snake can destroy Megatron. I'm telling you, I'm like, I got excited by that matchup when it when it occurred in my head. And I really uh, uh, thought, see, the thing is, um, and the thing we have to share is uh, when we put these matchups together, James, I don't know if I'm speaking out of turn, he doesn't uh, do a lot of video games. And I live in that world 24-7. <laughs> so to me, every one of these video game characters are like major celebrities, <laughs> much like he would feel about every comic book character, even the obscure ones. You know, to, to James, a guy like uh, um, Craven the Hunter uh, is, is, is everybody knows Craven the Hunter. <laughs> but in my mind, it's like, well, everybody knows Solid Snake. This is easy. <laughs> and we have to often yeah. convince, convince each other with the shared worlds 
um, that, no, no, he's really famous, I promise. I promise Sephiroth is a thing people know about. Come on, come on, James. I think you might be more right than him when it's the question. I think more people probably know who Solid Snake is than they do Craven. I think so. I think so. Like, maybe we should do one of these polls on the Twitter, uh, the Twitterverse, and just be like, uh, Solid Snake, Craven the Hunter, and then just be like, never heard of either, heard of both, heard of one, heard of the other, and just see where we end up right there. I'm curious, because I feel like video games have become part of the modern lexicon, and it's very mainstream now. So when you bring up a character, you know, well, like we did, we did Sephiroth on the show uh, before from Final Fantasy VII, who to me is yeah. just like an iconic villain of video game history, uh, only to run into a handful of people who are like, well, I don't know this character. And I'm like, well, that's that's a problem uh, on your end. <laughs> you yeah, need to improve. Especially because when it comes to Craven, he is, I wouldn't say he's a well-known Spider-Man character in terms of, like, Craven's never had a movie. The last time he's been kind of, like, relevant in terms of, like, cartoon, he's been on the cartoon show, the 90s cartoon show a little bit for a good while. But that's about it. Like, You know the spot I know him from, and hilariously enough, I knew Craven the Hunter reasonably well because of the Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions video game where he had yeah. a whole stage to himself, and he was excellent, excellent on that. So I was I was all hyped for that matchup. Definitely, definitely. Of course, I lost that matchup, so maybe, maybe I shouldn't have been so excited. <laughs> also true. Hashtag Ray was robbed. Hey, thank you. That is... Guys, if you learned anything from this episode, hashtag Ray is right, hashtag Ray was robbed. That is, that is a standard refrain on the show. Thank you. Definitely. Question number five. I'm trying to think which one to give you. Okay, I'll give you this one. Thanos is coming to attack Earth due to snap and all that stuff. You got to pick five superheroes to take Thanos down. You can pick from any universe you want and video games you choose to pick from video games to take Thanos down. Who are you picking to take him down with? And he oh, has the Infinity Gauntlet. He has the Infinity Gauntlet. So, I mean, my fifth guy is going to be the cheat. So I'm just going to take four fun characters that I enjoy. Uh, and then the fifth one who wins me the battle. Uh, because if this is like the fate of the world, I can't afford to mess around. Except I still will. Um, <laughs> so definitely, my go-to with this is always you take the tick. You always take the tick because the, okay. the tick uh, who I repped on the show, nigh invulnerable, insane, uh, does the right thing, uh, can't really be hurt in any meaningful way. Uh, you got to take the tick. So I, I start right there. Uh, there you take – I think you take Batman. I don't think you don't take and – and just with Batman, I take Doctor Doom uh, because those two will figure it out. <laughs> you put those two minds and that much money behind them together, you will, you will pretty much get where you want to go. Um, let's see. Fourth, let's grab a character from a video game because I haven't done that yet. So for fun, let's you know what? Let's just take Solid Snake because uh, I would just want to hang out with him during the battle and just like, uh, uh, you know, ha have a cigar. That sounds fun. But then my fifth character, the ringer, I'll just take one punch man and then I'll just win. Yeah, that is the, the best answer right there. <laughs> I don't agree with the best any fight that has one punch man in it, you already understand where we're going and how quickly we're going there. Oh, it's one punch man, but still that's a very powerful character. He's, he's defeating. They both have one, basically one hit kills. They do. But well, you know, the only thing I would say about that is one takes longer to uh, uh, determine than the other does. Yes. That is the interesting thing about Pokemon. <laughs> um, cool. Did I get them right? Did I win? Did I win a prize? What's going on? Yeah, I think you got it all right. I think you did great. Did five very five. good, Ray. Nailed it. You nailed it. <laughs> so how's it going, brother? Everything's good thus far. You've been kicking butt on Who Will Win show. You got the other podcast. Great. And you are a very busy man, to say the least. Yeah, I, you know, we, you said, oh, I'd like to come uh, have you do the show, and I'm just like, uh, sure. <laughs> when? <laughs> Let's figure it out. Um, you know, and then we said off the top, uh, you know, I work in the uh, the video game industry, uh, which is why I mentioned the circles I'm flying in, all knowing all the video games and stuff, and we're in what we call crunch mode uh, for this large-scale video game that's coming out this year that uh, uh, you know about, but I'm not going to share any further. <laughs> We're you not even touch it on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, at all. <laughs> at all. No, I don't get in trouble. Um, and you don't even know that much about it. I said, you know, <laughs> not really. <laughs> um, but we're in what's called crunch mode right now, which means that you're working six days a week. You're working 12 hour days. Uh, it's crazy. It's cra And it's only going to get bigger as we get closer to the to the actual time so the fact that i have any time at all to do to do fun stuff like a, a come on the delvin cox experience uh something that i've wanted to do ever since i heard it the first time uh so i'm glad you reached out to me <laughs> so i didn't have to be hey delvin can i come be on your show <laughs> it, it and, then if, and then well i bet i bet it does uh then oh. but you know but then you'd be like you know you'd be rolling high and you'd be like no <laughs> <laughs> that is not gonna happen I do have a funny story that, that I, I can't tell on this show because by the time this episode comes out, yeah, people are probably it's a, it already happened. Okay, so you know, a lot of people talk to me on Twitter. A lot of people have conversations with me on Twitter. One day, somebody just pop pulls me into a Twitter DM conversation and just says, "Okay, we're all going to do a podcast together this week." <laughs> Love it. <laughs> just pick your time. <laughs> <laughs> They just literally just put me in this thread. We're doing a podcast this week. Here's this topic. That's great. And, you know, and to be I fair, having done podcasting for podcast <laughs> well, having done podcasting for years now, that's exactly how it happens. <laughs> so, essentially, if anybody wants to get me on their podcast, just pull, pull me in and put it in with a bunch of people and say we're recording and pick the day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was trying to book some uh, 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 for the Who Would Win show. We're trying to book some judges, you know, and I'm trying to, like, you know, uh, grab uh, my friends who do a lot of performing and improv and sketch people and just, you know, folks that I, I know will be fun on the show and who have good reference levels. And what kills me about it is I reached out to somebody who I don't even really know that well, but I'd podcasted it with him before. <laughs> And he was really, really good. And then I was just like, hey, uh, uh, I thought maybe you might want to do this show. And he was just like, seriously, I've been sitting here wondering how long you'd ask me. And in my head, I'm just like, I barely know you. This is great. <laughs> well, you want to show that everybody loves. So. And... Yeah, I'm so blessed to be a part of the show. I mean, uh, you know, it's real hard to uh, uh, come in there uh, for an existing property like Who Would Win. And, you know, it's been going around for like, what, a year and a half before I came in. Yes. And and it, very popular. Everybody loves it. So all of a sudden, like, you know, I'm like, I'm like stepmom <laughs> coming on the show. Just that exact same thing. You're coming into a situation where people love the previous host mm -hmm. and there's no ill will, bad blood. But you're coming in as the new guy. And people may feel a little bit funny about it. But for the most part, you took it extremely well and done an excellent job. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. I kind of feel like given like how many crazy things I've done and all the life that's led me up to this point, basically, I've never been more prepared to shout about superheroes debate style on a podcast. That is actually a very good point. I, I, and I say that with the most pride I possibly could. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Yes, sir. Two things. First, how did you and James meet? And number two, you can answer this one after the James question, of course. Okay. What has been your favorite battle thus far? Ooh, ooh, okay. Oh, boy. This is, that's good. So James and I met through a mutual friend, uh, Meg, Meg Ryan, not that Meg Ryan, different Meg Ryan, <laughs> uh, who's wonderful and talented, and she deserves all the success. And uh, she's worked with James on projects before, and I knew her from a show called uh, Top Story Weekly uh, here in Hollywood uh, that I, I haven't done it as much lately with my schedule, but uh, I used to write on and perform in for like 10 years. I was on the show a long time. Uh, doing It's a topical news-based sketch comedy show that does a brand new show every single week. So think of it like a little bit like a Saturday Night Live kind of a deal. Um, but they do a show in Hollywood every single week. And so I, I met Meg as another, she was another writer for that show. And then uh, not too, you know, not that long ago, because I've only been on the show for X number of months. But she reached out to me and said, hey, Ray, I know this guy named James, and he's looking for a, a host uh, to be part of the show. Do you think you could argue superheroes on a show? And I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't aware of the show, honestly, and I feel like that's a that's a problem in me. Um, but I then I listened to like a half dozen episodes of the show uh, with James and Jay, 
Uh, and I was like, this show is great. Yeah, I could do that. I would need lots of time to do research because I'm not, and I'll keep it real, I am not as up on my comics and, uh, you know, every piece of minutia about every character as those guys are. So I'm going to have to, like, work harder <laughs> in order to get myself to that point. Um, but, like, shouting at people on the Internet has been a pastime of mine ever since the Internet became a thing. So, yeah, no problem, Meg. And so, you know, I told the story before, but um, James reached out to me and we talked on the phone for a while and we talked about our goals and where we're coming from and, you know, what our deal is. And it seemed to be a good matchup, good fit. And so they he met with me. Uh, he met with me and a, a producer of the show uh, of who would win. There's a big operation here that is all under the surface. Um, and we met at a hamburger restaurant. And on the spot, like we're talking about, like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. It was a place called The Stand. Okay, yeah, it, it's 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 a smaller local. I don't know if it's a chain or just one place, but uh, uh it was nearby where I was. So oh, the burgers good. Uh, the burgers are good. The bur they're expensive. Okay. It's like one of those pricey burger places. Um, oh, uh, think about it like a, a Five Guys, but I would say not as greasy and delicious as Five Guys. Okay. Think of it like that. So, but uh, me and James and this producer meet and just like, just having a face-to-face -face conversation after we talked on the phone and then kind of on the spot, the producer was like, okay, just for, you know, uh, poops and giggles, we'll, uh, we'll give you guys a, a matchup and you just do one on the spot. And so that matchup was George Washington versus Abraham Lincoln, who would win in a fight, no prep time, go. And then me and James put on a show for the hamburger restaurant. Arguing, uh, I think we did two full points each about who would win that matchup. And uh, and after it was done, I was like sweating. I was just like out of breath, you know, because I got real into it. And then it was just like, yeah, I think we can do this. I've got to say this, and it has to be said. George Washington versus Abraham Lincoln has to be a fight. A debate on who will win. I agree. I think we do have to like put this out there at some point. I think we want to let the show go on a little bit more, but we'd like, we want to, this is, see, this is the thing I'm bringing to the table. And this is, this leads into my answering of question number two, my favorite battle. I think my favorite battle we ever did was, I had so many I liked, but um, Green Lantern versus Voldemort uh, is yeah. probably my favorite battle that we did because that one is so essentially what me and James are all about in that he takes the pretty boy DC headlining character, and then I'll take someone uh, scandalous and villainous who is maybe seen as a little bit of an underdog because of the two universes, and then I can fight that guy to victory in a matchup nobody had even considered before that point. And that's really what I want to bring to the show, is that's why I've told James I want to do more video game characters, I want to do more contrast of styles, I want to do more uh, unique matchups, you know? Uh, like, uh, you know, we have this, uh, we have a Facebook group for who would win. And I encourage all your listeners to go on the, your Facebooks, the face box and, and, and join the Facebook group. Um, and we have, we're taking matchup suggestions from listeners there and we are listening, we are taking them. Uh, but one of the things that drives me crazy and I keep uh, making fun of people because that's who I am, uh, who do it. Uh, but people suggest matchups that have been done like a bazillion times. Like we got one guy who just comes on, I swear to God, every single day. And he posts, I want to see RoboCop versus Terminator on the Who Would Win show. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, Marvel Comics did a four-part series on that at least once, maybe twice. You know, Epic Rap Battles of History did RoboCop versus Terminator. <laughs> like, this it's is a matchup. <laughs> yes, there's a yeah. So, like, this is, this is a matchup that's been completely done to death. What do you want us to do next? Batman versus the Joker? Like, uh, <laughs> come on. Like, like. Get better. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like when you come up with matchups, and everybody has the cliche matchups, and Absolutely. that's one of the reasons why I like the show a lot because you guys kind of go off the beaten path. You know, you don't give us ooh, who went up Batman, Batman and Captain America all the time. Those are the classic ones, but you also throw in some that are completely off the wall. Like my favorite one thus far has been. The Muppets versus Sesame Street. I mean, I I, had, I was hoping you would bring up that episode. That's like my second favorite episode because that was maybe the most fun we've had uh, doing an episode. Um, and I actually, and I'll tell you this, um, when James first, James actually proposed that matchup to me first. And I said, no, I didn't get it. <laughs> I, I didn't. I just said, I don't think that's something that would be good. <laughs> I don't think that's something <laughs> that people would like. I just think that's so weird. And these are these characters are so generally nonviolent. 
like, and he's James is like, Ray, I'm just going to tell you, uh, uh, you're wrong. <laughs> and I'm going to suggest it again. And I want you to think about it. And I thought about it for a couple of days. And I'm like, you know, James has been doing this show for a year and a half now. He's had a lot of success with it. Um, I'm just say yes. He gets it. He understands what he's doing. You have to trust the trust the process, right? So I say, okay, James, I've changed my mind. I still don't get it, <laughs> but I'm on board to do it. Um, you give me the Muppets, let's do this thing. And he's like, great. So, and we did the battle and that's like the most popular battle. Uh, the weirdest one is of course the most popular one that we've done. Yes, it's because it's so out of the box. Yeah. It's so out of the ordinary and it's it's fun. You can hear an episode, you guys have so much fun. Oh yeah, it's, 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 the it's and things like that. It's It's an awesome episode. It's, well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. I encourage, like, if you uh, if you'd like, to, if you if you're hearing this right now and you want to, you're at home, and you want to say like, what's this Who Would Win show about? Maybe don't start with that episode because <laughs> no, it's, start it's with that one. so that one is so different. So good. It's so good because <laughs> it's so it, weird. Because well, because you get you get well. I mean, without giving away too much of the game, but you have basically James trying to argue the whole time that uh, Ernie is a mob boss. <laughs> let, let's and, let's just call a spade a spade. James is cheating. <laughs> James straight out cheats that entire episode. Look, I might have the reputation on the show as the person who bends and outright breaks the rules all the time, but I personally believe if you really do a hard dive and you break it down, you will find James Gavsey cheats 10 times as much as I do. <laughs> you know, I compare it to Hulk Hogan in the old wrestling days. Uh, if you're familiar, I would imagine. Uh, uh, with, yeah. And uh, well, Hulk Hogan back in the 80s was being booked uh, as this heroic, you know, larger than life monster, basically, who would just mow through everybody he gets his hands on. Um, and it's, you know, and he's based on obviously the Hulk. Uh, so the angrier he gets during the match, the stronger he gets. And then, you know, you beat him down hard enough and he whoops you. Um, but the thing that if you actually watch Hulk Hogan matchups of that era and he's, you know, doing the speeches to say your prayers and, and take your vitamins and love your mom, whatever he's saying. He's, love your mom. <laughs> yeah, like, I, mean, I imagine that showed up at some point. And, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the thing is, if you ever watch him in the mat, in the matches, he's the dirtiest fighter on the planet. <laughs> By far. By he far. He's the dirtiest. It w I did not like Hulk Hogan growing up because I saw him as a, as a, as a charade. I saw him as a hypocrite and that he's telling you, you must play by the rules and do things. And then he gets in the ring and he's doing back rakes and eye gouges and closed fist punches and using the ropes to choke people. And he's the dirtiest gosh darn wrestler in the planet. And everybody's cheering for him to cheat. And that's how it feels opposing James Gavsey in a who would win battle. Yes, <laughs> it's that, uh, is, uh, he's no, cheating. His, he's, it is. He's cheating his nards off and the crowd is cheering. <laughs> <laughs> he just cuffs his hand. <laughs> um, oh. So that's that's the experience of who would win. <laughs> Definitely. You hit it to a T. So that's you it. also have another podcast. I do. The one that has battle podcast. Yep, no, I guess half the podcast. Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm a huge. I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge GI Joe fan. Uh, growing up, I was. I mean, that was my that was my number one jam. Uh, you know, I was watching them when they were new. I collected all the figures and vehicles, and just really that show prepared me for the life that I would later lead, <laughs> playing with toys and and enjoying larger than life characters. Um, so I I'd actually previously been doing a sports comedy podcast. Um, with uh, with a guy named Brent Pope, who's been a, a judge on the show a couple of times, uh, of who would win. Uh, we've had him on, and believe, and and mo like most people I've worked with, he takes delights in uh, 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 harassing me and making sure I lose the battles. Uh, yeah. I should stop having the people I know on and start working with only strangers. Maybe I'll have a better chance. <laughs> um, but yeah, so me and Brent Pope, we did the Raisin Brent uh, podcast because we we couldn't come up with a better name. <laughs> than a terrible <laughs> breakfast cereal pun based on our names. Um, and so, yeah, we did sports comedy for a few years. And then I said, I want to branch out and I want to do kind of, now that I kind of got this podcasting thing, like understood a little bit, I want to do the show for me, basically. So I said, I want to talk about cartoons because that's been a, a passion, a joy of mine for a million years, um, uh, going way, way back. And so my favorite show growing up was G.I. Joe. And I thought to myself, like, I have all the DVDs. I've been watching them like, consistently through all of my adult life. 
I wonder if this is a show that would hold up under like, cause it, 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 you can't just do something for a podcast and have it work. You know, uh, it doesn't always. So you got to pick the right material. Um, you know, in the case of who would win, it's, you know, uh, heroes and villains fighting each other uh, and debate style in a conversation that's been happening around the, in basements across the country <laughs> that yeah. I have been in uh, for, for decades <laughs> and decades. And so we're really tapping into something there with the knowing is half the podcast. I really like, I, it's my love of eighties and nineties cartoons, specifically GI Joe. And, and so, yeah, I just said, I, I just, I got my, my two friends, uh, uh, Robert Clark Chan and Gina Ippolito, both very talented LA based, uh, performers, writers, uh, um, you know, Gina just recently, uh, wrote on the Murphy Brown TV show, um, the, the, the reboot that happened, she wrote on the season of that. And, uh, uh, it's fantastic. These are fantastic people who are so talented and we pulled them together and, uh, uh, uh and we just like, let's talk about GI Joe. And it was like, sure. <laughs> Because this is this is L.A. Like people just want to get out there and do stuff and perform, and the rest of it really does not matter. <laughs> so even though the two of them uh, uh, had limited or no uh, uh, knowledge of GI Joe, let's get together and let's talk about it every week. And and yeah, and so once we finished, we finished all of the mainline Sunbow episodes of GI Joe for, from 1985 and 1986, as well as the miniseries. Uh, that came around it, um, and then GI Joe the movie. We kind of we did it all. Like that. Fast forward to now, we've bleeping done it. So for a while, we were just like, "What do we do? We want to keep doing the show. We like each other. We think we've got a good dynamic." So we just started taking random '80s and '90s cartoons that are weird, <laughs> and just started just having people on and talking about them. Let's have fun with it, you know. I think that's a cool idea. Yeah. So I, mean, I, I didn't realize GI Joe was that short. Yeah, G.I. Joe is, I believe it was, uh, I'm going to get it wrong and someone's going to get mad at me on the internet, but I want to say off the top of my head, it was like 85 episodes, uh, if you count some of the uh, miniseries as episodes. And so the first season was like 50, 55 episodes, and then the second season was like 30 episodes. Um, and all of it is, like, there are very few clunkers in the G.I. Joe, uh, uh, mainline Sunbow G.I. Joe. There are very few bad episodes, uh, honestly, because most of them, like, they were really trying to do a thing. And they were really, they were essentially like putting their money where their mouth is and saying like, we want this to be good. So they hired all of these very professional comic book writers uh, because G.I. Joe was a Marvel property. And so they got all of these Marvel comics writers to come in and write episodes of the show. And then they also, you know, paired them with like people that had been working, writing cartoons for a long time and sort of this dynamic that happened. And then they got the most talented voiceover cast you will ever put together on a show and yeah, and then magic happened <laughs> for young Ray. <laughs> magic happened in the air. So let me ask you this. this is, I find this interesting. Why hasn't G.I. Joe resonated as much as Transformers has? Because Transformers has a lot of different cartoon shows, even today. Sure. sure. Um, I mean, I think there's a couple of reasons for it. Um, I, I would say both the G.I. Joe and Transformers live action reboots have both been done extremely poorly. <laughs> uh, but I think it's very disappointing. Yeah, I am not. Uh, uh, I mean, people tell me the new Bumblebee movie is good, but I'm like, you know, you, you were wrong five times before this when you told me it was good. <laughs> Why am I going to start believing you now? The first 15 um, minutes is good. There you first go. First 15 minutes it. is the greatest Transformers movie, Light Life Transformers in the year. Is that right? Yes. The first right, 15 I'll... minutes of the movie is incredible. You can find the first 15 minutes of the movie. All right. Just when watch it comes, that. When it comes to Netflix, I'll, I'll watch the first 15 and turn it off and call myself uh, happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's the thing is, uh, I would say just maybe culturally, fighting robots is still a thing, right? Yeah. Giant giant robots who fight each other, I don't know how that will ever not be cool. <laughs> and it's also true. Uh, and I would say like G.I. Joe, though, because of, you know, not to get overtly political on the show, but because we've had very uh, unpopular military interactions, we'll say, uh, over the last, say, 20 years, I think G.I. Joe has a harder sell to the American public as, you know, heroic soldiers going to other countries and doing what's right. I think given the climate out there, um, maybe I can see why fighting robots is a little simpler and a little easier for people to dive into. That makes sense. You know, I, seriously, I want you. I think if you do GI Joe right though, it, it will not matter. Uh, if you do GI Joe right, it can be as cool as the Avengers. 
Um, as and and the because the Avengers basically do the exact same thing, except they're superheroes and not soldiers, so we don't feel weird cheering for them. <laughs> and yeah. even in the even in the MCU, like they face consequences for their actions, which you know leads to the whole you know uh, uh, Sokovian Accords and uh, uh, civil war and all that good stuff. So you know, and even then, it, it they they create little moral quandaries such as they are, and I I appreciate them for it. But the thing, I mean, the thing about the first GI Joe movie was it was clearly, and I don't I haven't done any research on this, but it was clearly made. The live-action GI Joe movie, uh, *Rise of Cobra*, clearly made by yeah. people who uh, who didn't know anything about GI Joe and didn't care to know anything about GI Joe, and that's and what made it important. No, and they didn't, and that's just it. They were just like, we don't care. We're just going to make a very mediocre action movie uh, with these characters, and as long as they look like they're supposed to look, nothing else matters. So now you get weird situations like Duke and like Cobra Commander are brothers. And the Baroness and Duke used to have a relationship, and they dated. And it's like none of this crap is wanted and or necessary. Like you just put, you know, good-looking people fighting each other with crazy gadgets and big doomsday devices, and then you put Cobra Commander in a hood and have them shouting at people, and that's that. You're fine. You don't need to do more than that. You don't need family connections and garbage like that. That just confuses and muddles an already bizarre send-up. You know? Yeah. That's, you're exactly right. They could have made G.I. Joe as hokey as the TV show. Yep. It would have been perfect. Yep. Yep. If you, yeah. If, if, if you had put somebody in charge of it who loved the property, I'm right here, Hollywood. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> and if you put that person who, who knew what they were doing and then put a bunch of like comic book writers around them or something to that effect, uh, and you just went ahead and you were just like, you made fan service for G.I. Joe and made it over the top and bombastic and fun and not you know, weird, <laughs> you know, and then, and then the sequel, the GI Joe sequel that they made, um, which was also pretty rough. Like they just murdered like half the cast. <laughs> they murdered the, the main character of GI Joe. Yeah. Like, Spoiler alert. They killed Duke in the first like 10 minutes of the movie. <laughs> and never referenced him any time again. No, they were just like, okay, now it's now that we have the rock. We're going to cast him as roadblock, which I love. Love the casting. I'm a huge yeah. rock fan, and I'm a, I love Roadblock, Obvo. So, like, yes, I'm fine if you want to center the whole thing around Roadblock and kind of take it in that direction. But like, at least keep true to your core. <laughs> you know, what I mean, murdering everybody—that's weird. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you this: since we talked about it a little bit, let's get into it a little bit more. You worked on video games for a while. Correct. What was what's one of your most interesting? video game experiences working on games. Well, it's crazy. Nothing I, said, talk, by the way. I, 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 I buried the lead a little bit. I've worked in gaming for 10 years. Um, when I was talking to you earlier, I've worked in video games for the last two. Uh, yeah. Before that, and for eight years, I worked for a company called Games Workshop, uh, and they do the Warhammer stuff, if you're familiar with that property at all. So I, I was running a, a, a hobby store, for eight years uh, for the, the Warhammer people uh, with teaching people how to build and paint models and like getting involved in the storylines and helping them conceptually like create an army and play the game and teach the rules and do all that stuff. So I was all about the tabletop and I'm still all about the tabletop stuff uh, and miniatures and all that. Like that is a hundred percent my jam. And then when that experience ended, uh, as it did, uh, I decided like, I don't know exactly what to do next. How do you take, uh, working a hobby center? That's not exactly like an everyday activity. You can just apply. <laughs> yeah. I said, but I don't want to leave the world of games and I still love video games and I've always loved video games. So I decided I have a friend of mine who works in the industry and she one day just suggested like, you, you need to do this video game thing. Like get some experience. Let's do the thing. I'm like, okay. So I worked, worked for a company for a, a while called Square Enix. Uh, if you're familiar with them, yeah. <laughs> not, not a big company by any stretch. Yeah. No. If you don't know, they make the Final Fantasy series of games, um, and and a bunch of I mean a bunch of other stuff. They make the Tomb Raider uh, and a lot of other great. So I lo I love 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 that company, uh, and I love the opportunity that they gave me. Um, hilariously, in order to try to break into the industry, because they don't just like give you a high paying producer job walking in sight unseen. <laughs> Believe it or not, that's not how it works. You have to work your way up. So here I am, older in life, being like, I guess I'm just going to start from the bottom all over again and start in a whole new whole new line of work, which is crazy, and I don't suggest it to people if you can help <laughs> it. Um, so I got in at Square Enix actually working in, their, um, working in their customer support call center for the Final Fantasy XIV uh, uh, RPG, uh, the uh, MMO, the World of Warcraft-style Final Fantasy game. 
Oh, well, you know, they, they, they were hiring on a whole bunch of people to uh, uh, work for them because they had just written at the time it was what 2017 and they had just they, they were putting out this new uh, expansion called Stormblood and they needed a, like to triple the size of their customer service department because all these people were coming back to the game and they all forgot their passwords. <laughs> <laughs> And so I got the opportunity to come in every day working at Square Enix, just like working in the. So you imagine like picking up the phone and having like a credit card issue with your with your MMO game, and then you get me on the phone. <laughs> that actually would be pretty cool. It was fun, you know. It was I was a really good experience, and I learned a lot from that. Um, and it was like, they were like, "Oh, you're somebody who's worked in customer service for you know, uh, uh, you know, almost twenty years." Yeah, I think I think we have, we can, we can help you. Oh, you also love games even better. <laughs> um, so let me, let me ask you this question. It's a funny question. Yes. How many times? Because you worked you worked the Square Enix. How yes. many times people just call the customer service line to ask you when Kingdom Hearts or Final Fantasy VII is coming out? <laughs> um, let me tell you, more often than it's appropriate. I was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just some guy on a phone, dude. <laughs> they don't they don't actually run it by me. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Oh, dude, yeah. But you know, it's funny because I got to, um, uh, 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 I didn't work on Kingdom Hearts 3. I had the opportunity to, uh, and I'm kind of bummed. Well, I'm bummed and I'm not because I actually had the opportunity to, and I said, uh, I'd rather work on a different project because I'm not as up on the Kingdom Hearts property. And I would look around because I, I moved over to the QA department. That's how you start in video games. Uh, for all you kids at home wanting to break into the world of video games, you start in the QA department. Just that's what you do. You, you grab a job anywhere and you start working it. <laughs> that's how you do it. Yeah. So I was able to take the opportunity to move over from the customer support um, uh, uh, area to the QA area once they uh, once they needed people again. And that's great. So I was already in the door and I already knew everybody. So what a great interview that was. <laughs> it's like yeah. just talking to your friends about games for 20 minutes and they're like, sure, we'll give you a call. <laughs> um, so I worked on a game, actually. Uh, uh, I worked on a, I worked on a handful of games for Square Enix, uh, doing QA for them. Uh, and meanwhile, behind me, Kingdom Hearts Three is being worked on, <laughs> like twenty four seven. You know, uh, preparing it for the big launch. And I, they asked me if I wanted to be on it. I, I wanted to clear the spot for somebody who would appreciate it more than I would. You know, I try to be I try to be good like that. You know, because I knew like I would enjoy it and I would love it. But I bet you there was somebody in our QA department who's like banking on like their entire lives wanting to work on this game. And I don't want to take that spot away from somebody who deserves it more. You know what I'm saying? That's awesome. That is awesome, Ray. Yeah. And so I, at the same time, I got to work on the Final Fantasy 10, 10 2 remaster for Xbox One, which That's was cool. a delight. I've always, I'd always wanted to play that game again. And guys, if you would like to do that, go out right now and buy it on Switch, PS4, Xbox One. It's Final Fantasy 10, the game you love. <laughs> <laughs> 10 2, the game you should probably like. Maybe not as much. But I like it. <laughs> Whatever. I like it. I'm a big fan. I just, you know, the internet isn't always agreeing with me. <laughs> um, I don't think yeah. I play at 10 2. 10 2, you know, here's the deal 10 2 is, uh, 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 what's the best way to say this? 10 2 is philosophically a different game than 10. Uh, it centers around, uh, uh, you know, a couple of the, the women. It's a very female empowered game. Uh, it's a game where you play as three women uh, uh, who change like outfits, and then the, the outfit that they put on is a different power set. And I think the combat and that mechanic is real, real cool. And I think that there's a lot of really good stuff that happens in the story-wise, and it just takes a fun. It's a fun journey. Um, and I just unfortunately think, I mean, it came out like what twenty years ago, maybe a little bit less than that. Um, but I, I would just say, you know, sometimes internet gamers, when it comes to properties that are female driven, maybe aren't as supportive as they should be. Huh, that's a thing? <laughs> that is, believe it or not, Delvin, that's a thing sometimes. <laughs> why, um, why would they be so angry that women can be protagonists? I mean, you're yeah, you're talking to the wrong guy here. Uh, I don't understand <laughs> it myself. I mean, you saw the thing with the the, the Captain Marvel, the deleted oh. scene from Captain Marvel that came out, where this guy is like kind of harassing her, and so she whoops him, and then all kinds of man babies on the internet got sad. <laughs> it's I, like, I found I find the whole situation behind Captain Marvel fascinating. Yeah, because so many men hate that movie, and yeah. I have no clue why. Nope. I've, I mean, I saw it in theaters, um, you know, and I don't even have a grudge, even though I lost to Captain Marvel in a who would win battle. Uh, <laughs> and I got robbed of that battle, too, I'd point out. Uh, <laughs> Spawn Spawn was clear. Anyway, 
uh, that movie is that movie is very good. Uh, I mean, yeah. you know, is it is it in my top three Marvel MCU movies? I don't think so. But is it you know is it you know near the edges? Sure. I mean, it's great. Like Marvel, the floor of a Marvel movie is very very high, <laughs> especially now. Yeah. You know, they aren't making any bad movies right now uh, at all. <laughs> yeah, not even close to being bad. That's the crazy yeah. thing about it. So that's when people tell me that they don't like Captain Marvel. I usually I'm I, I'm interested. Uh, I try to have a conversation, and I'll say like, "Oh, why? Why? What about that movie?" And oftentimes, it's it's a young dude who I'm talking to who's between the ages of say twenty and twenty five, <laughs> and I'll say like, "Why?" And they'll just they'll either give me some sort of Walmart Reddit opinion <laughs> that they just heard a million times over and over again, but doesn't really make sense, or they'll just look at me and go, "I don't know why. It just didn't connect with me." And in my head, I'm like, "Yeah." That's fine. It doesn't. It doesn't have to always connect with you all the time. That doesn't make it bad. It's maybe not aimed at you, and that's okay. And that's a th to me. That's just part of growing up. <laughs> that's part yeah. of becoming a, a responsible adult in this world. Is not hating on something because it's not directed towards you. You know, a a a, a, a dude on the internet of a young age. <laughs> Because yeah. there's a lot of stuff not for you. <laughs> that doesn't make it bad. It just means that maybe, you know, it's not your cup of tea. And there's a huge difference between saying, like, you know, that movie didn't hit with me. I didn't identify, blah, 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 blah you know, and saying, like, that movie sucked. Because <laughs> yeah. it, it objectively did not suck. <laughs> and I hate to push the people. There's going to be a sequel for one. Oh, yeah. And there's going to be a lot more movies with women protagonists yep. because they are popular. Yes, and because and they proved it works, and people want yes. to see them. <laughs> yes. You know, I think I think that there's a lot of weird. I mean, it's weird, and it's on the internet. What are you going to say? I mean, uh, I think that's the, the the people that share those opinions. Um, you know, maybe they feel like they they won with the 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 Ghostbusters movie, the reboot, the all female reboot that came out. That was fine. I didn't love it, but like it was, it was not bad. It was fine. It was, you know, it was, it was a silly comedy movie using the property of Ghostbusters. And if, if that ruins your childhood, you suck as a person because <laughs> your childhood's well, your, still there and didn't change. Well, your childhood probably sucked. That ruins your childhood. You, you didn't have a good childhood. Your childhood was bad. Yeah. And unfortunately it yeah. led to you becoming maybe not the most fun person at parties. Uh, <laughs> yeah, true. Um, oh yeah. So I think that because they were just like, okay, Ghostbusters didn't get its sequel and it didn't do as well like box office wise. So let's just do that with every movie. And I think people forget, like, I don't forget. <laughs> I'm old. I can remember things. Uh, <laughs> people forget that like that same group of people tried to do the same thing with Black Panther. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they, and then people want to deny it now and pretend like it never happened. Oh, it did. There were review bombs. There was negative pieces on the internet and it was all a bunch of, you know, nonsense. And then black Panther ends up making a bazillion dollars and gets nominated for an Academy award. So I don't know, horrible people, uh, maybe rethink your strategies. <laughs> yeah. Or just give someone a chance to be great. Mm-hmm. Or just pick your pick your battles. <laughs> don't always don't always fight everything sight unseen because you know I have an adage and it says um, you should never pick a fight a physical fight you should never pick a fight with a stranger because you don't know if that stranger can kick the crap out of you. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> if and I'm not suggesting anybody ever get into a physical altercation, but if you're going to do it, do it with somebody you know you can take. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of feel like that's what the people on the internet did with Black Panther is they picked a fight with a stranger that beat the F out of them. <laughs> yes, pretty much. And, because, and that's why they just deny ever doing it now. You notice that. Yeah. Because Black Panther, people were making the argument and a valid argument that Black Panther was just as good as or even better than Infinity War. And yep. we would never think that would be a thing where this movie that we were waiting for forever in terms of Infinity War, they build up to the movie before it was just as good. Yep, yep, yep. No, Black Panther, I actually watched it again like not very long ago. We, My wife and I uh, watched every MCU movie before Endgame came out. We were banging out like one to two every weekend uh, uh, leading up to it. So I rewatched re Black Panther within the last couple months, and I'll tell you, like, every moment of that movie, I'm just like, dude, this is just so good. <laughs> this yeah. is just so... I kept feeling things, and I don't like feeling things, Delphin. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should have did what you did with my wife. Yeah. Because I sat through Endgame, and every two seconds, who's that? Oh, no. What are they doing? 
I don't remember none of this. I'm like, leave me alone. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, the thing, and that, especially with a movie like Endgame, which is basically like, hey, we're going to take 21 or whatever it is, 22 movies that came before this, that you love all of them, and then we're going to give you fan service for three hours, and we're yeah. going to do in-jokes that we know you're going to get, and we're going to give you bits that we know you're going to enjoy, and and I think we're allowed to talk about it. It's been out long enough, and everybody's seen it by now, right? Like, And so you get like the Captain America versus Captain America fight. Uh, and then going in the elevator and saying "Hail Hydra," and I lost my gosh darn mind. I love that part so much. I almost just burst into joyous tears in the theater with just—I mean, it was perfect. It just kept creating one perfect moment after another. And anybody who tells me they—they they thought Endgame disappointed, I'm just like, well, then you are a disappointment. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that movie delivered ten ways to Sunday. There's a reason yeah. it's going to make what almost three billion dollars, you know. No problem. Thank God it beat Avatar. I'm so sick of yep. hearing about this. Yep. I, I I was not a fan of Avatar <laughs> whatsoever. No, I saw Avatar on a on, a, on an airplane on a <laughs> on a screen on the back of the seat in front of me. <laughs> Maybe not the Avatar experience that uh, um, Cameron was intending. I saw it in theaters, and I left. Yeah. I said, oh, "This is good." But then I saw it made like almost three million. Like, wow! <laughs> like, who was going to see this movie this many times? I thought it was good, but I didn't think it was three billion dollars good. Yeah, I, you know, it, it was because of the technology at the time. Um, you know, I, you know, like I guess I never saw it in theaters. It sort of just bypassed me because I was sort of like, I don't know, is it, the experience has to be completely mind blowing. And maybe in the theaters and the IMAX with the, with the shaking seats and the, the big old boom and sound system. And maybe that was just like avatar, just like being drilled into your head, you know, by, by, a, a, a <laughs> by some sort of giant, uh, drilling machine, you know, uh, I, I could have come up with a better reference there and I just blanked. So I, for, I forgive myself, Man, I, I gripped, I gripped in the moment. I gripped, gripped to the guys. That's Ray failing right there. That was pretty exciting. Um, <laughs> um, but no, it's just everybody because everybody I know saw it. I mean, it made you know two point seven or whatever billion dollars. So I mean, obviously it did great. Um, and then I couldn't run into a single person who liked it, and I couldn't run yeah. into a single person who said they would like to see it again. But it doesn't make two point seven billion dollars if people aren't seeing it again. So it must have just been the experience of the movie because that movie and and God bless it, but like it is not anything particularly special it's just you know cool it's does neat things you know i don't know yeah and i think and even now even though i think about it now i know two experience or well, three for that matter experiences that when my kids grow up because i have two kids one's 11 mm -hmm. one's 13. nice they're gonna remember us going to the movies to see yep, yep. one force awakens love it yep they're going to always remember going to go see that with them. They're going to have that X in their mind. They still talk about it to this day. Two, nice. Infinity War, and three is in-game. Yep, yep, yep. We're to a point now where it's like event movies. You know, it's yeah. not just a movie comes out. It's like every time, like, there's one of these, you know, a high, high properties. Let's face it, Disney properties at this point because they went and bought all the good ones. <laughs> That's smart. That story kills me that Fox had a chance to buy all of Marvel for like $500 million or whatever it was, 50 million. It was not very much money, cosmically speaking. And uh, uh, they said, you can have all our properties. And, and they were like, well, we already have X-Men and Spider-Man and Fantastic Four. There are other Marvel properties. None of them. We don't need the rest of that crap. Yeah, no, nobody <laughs> wants amazing. to see that garbage. <laughs> nobody cares no about Iron, Iron Man. Man. <laughs> that, that's yeah. amazing that yeah. somebody actually thought that. And you can know, remember what was it just over 10 years ago? We didn't care about Iron Man either. Yeah, that's also <laughs> it very wasn't true. Until the movie came out and explained to us, actually, he's very cool. And here's why, you know, it was just literally, it was just really hardcore comic book people and Ghostface killer. Those are the only yeah. people <laughs> that, that were that OG Iron Man fan. And you know what? That's fine. You know, that's one, you know, I say that's one thing that drives me crazy is the gatekeepers uh, trying to decide who's a fan and who isn't. Um, I see this a lot in the gaming industry, but in the comics and everything, it's it's all it's all related. These are all the same people doing the same things, and it's dumb. In my mind, uh, if you play, you know, raids of World of Warcraft with your friends, and then go and play Halo for you know three hours, and then when the new Red Dead Redemption game comes out, you spend a hundred hours playing that, and you think about it, and you're watching Twitch, and you're 
using strategy guides and everything, and you're playing that. To me, you are equal as a gamer as the mom at the bank playing Candy Crush on her phone. You are both gamers. Get over it. <laughs> because the more gamers we have, the better it is for people like me who want to make their money in this industry. <laughs> that is very true. And that is a perfect way to end this episode, right? You got it, man. You got it. And any last things you want to know about uh, before we get going here? Two things. Yes, sir. I need to come on your podcast to talk about Saber Rod and the Starships. Okay. Okay. And two, I don't even know that. that. I don't even know that. So, I mean, I'm you on board. You Saber Rod and the Starships? No. Uh, I've, I've never even heard of this property before. Oh, it is awesome. I, if I'm correct, it is one of the first cartoon shows Peter Cullen's ever been in. Oh, beautiful. Okay. It's, it's great. It's literally like a we- a space western. Love it. And for you, those of you at home, Peter Cullen, uh, Optimus Prime. He's the voice yeah. of Optimus Prime. Yeah. Just in and case people at home, you know, don't don't know things. You know, it's okay. Definitely. And uh, in, in the show, he's the voice of Ramrod, which is a giant robot. So it well, makes, makes sense. sense. <laughs> it holds up. <laughs> you have, you have, I think it's on Amazon Prime. I'm, I'm going to send you a link for it. It is yeah. a great cartoon show. Love it. Yeah, it sounds good to me. Yeah, we'll try to work it out. Usually when we do uh, Knowing Us Half the Podcast, we have everybody in studio with us. And I know you're way over there on the the east, the, the least coast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm from the Midwest. So, I mean, you know, I, I, I only I only live in L.A. You know, I'm not from here. Uh, nobody's from here. Just <laughs> from yeah. Uh, but you become L.A. when you move here and you either love it or you move away. <laughs> <laughs> But we'd love to. We'll figure something out. Yeah, man. Send me, you know, send me some info on that show, and we'll check it out. We'll see what we can do. Definitely. It's been great having you on the way. Let everybody know where to find your stuff at. You have a lot of stuff to talk about. You know, one or two things. Um, so what I'll say right here is you can find me on Twitter uh, at Almighty Ray. That's one L for people who can't spell. Uh, you can also check out at Who Would Win Show, which is the uh, the Who Would Win Show. Uh, you can also check them out. Uh, basically, if you do podcast search and anything you would listen to podcasts on, and you just search for hashtag who would win, you will find the show and you will find it all. I've been doing the show. I want to say I've done 13 episodes now uh, for counting the one that's coming out this week. And this week we're doing uh, just announced. We're doing Lobo versus He-Man. That's good. One. That's a really good one. It's a real good one. I'm, I'm real excited about this one. Um, I've won three in a row, uh, three battles in a row leading up to this one. And basically I'm of the opinion I can never lose. Um, I will yeah, never lose again. Goldberg. We're actually gonna, yeah. I'm Bill Goldberg. We're gonna, uh, uh, we're gonna rename the show. Uh, uh, can Ray be defeated? And the answer, of course, will be no. We'll just put that all in the title together, so you can already know. It's sort of like you know that yeah. cooking show, Beat Bobby Flay. It'll yeah. be, uh, uh, can James hold his own against Ray in a who would win battle? This thing that James invented. The answer is no. That's the new title of the show. Is what I'm going for. Well, um, you don't want to be Beat Bobby Flay because he lost all the time. <laughs> <laughs> once or twice. Once or twice. Um, I watched that show. He was. <laughs> Well, I'll see if I can get that title passed by James. We'll see if he, he'll sign off on it and maybe make some T-shirts that say that. Um, <laughs> see, if he, see if he pulls the lever on that. <clears throat> I'll see what my luck is on that. <laughs> uh, but you can check that out at Who Would Win Show. You can also, of course, check out uh, uh, Knowing Us Half the Podcast. We're on Twitter at G.I. Joe Podcast. And then we're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Knowing Us Half the Podcast. And if you wanted to support my Patreon, what the heck? You know, I like money and being supported for things I do that I enjoy. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast. Uh, there's little tiers, but basically for five bucks, uh, you can get access to a bonus vault of over 50 episodes of the show and little side projects that we've done and basically anything we've put in there. So you get all kinds of bonus content not available on the main feed. Uh, in addition, if you, if, if you want to uh, support a little bit more, you can pick episodes of cartoons that we do. So literally you could influence the direction of the show uh, uh, and then, and then we will be forced to watch the thing that the people suggest, which does not always make me happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see here. And also, you know, I'll say a quick thing. Uh, the last game that I worked on that I finished that maybe you could play is a game for the Nintendo switch. It's called Octopath Traveler. Uh, it's a JRPG. Whoa. Yep. Uh, I worked, uh, I worked that on that game. Is an awesome game. I love that game. I love that game. Uh, I've played it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Octopath Traveler for the Nintendo Switch is a Square Enix game. It's the last game I worked on them before I moved to the the new AAA company that I'm working at. And uh, yeah, and I would definitely say uh, if you've played it, uh, get to the credits and then look for my name. It's in there. <laughs> I can promise I, I got there. <laughs> I saw it. When Devil got there, you come back and want to talk about the project that you're working on. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, I'll see if I'm allowed to. <laughs> <They> <laughs> keep, you were you know, not no time to. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't work at Square Enix anymore, so I feel like I can talk about the whole deal as much as I want to. (laughs) But I only say nice things because it's a great company and a great place to be. So support Square Enix and support the company I'm at now, who keeps me considerably more tight-lipped and probably correctly. (laughs) We're not talking about that company at all. That company Mm -hmm. is vulnerable. Yeah, big big companies, though. Big companies. Uh, Cool, man. Well, Delvin, thank you so much for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Um, You know, do you have anything you'd like to plug? No, I am good. <laughs> I'm just—I'm so used to being the host of these shows that I'm just so used to asking other people no, what they want. Like, this is your time to shine. <laughs> no, I want to. I'm Steve Nash, man. I just want to keep dishing them. I just want to keep dishing them away and let other people dunk. That's fine. That is a great reference, and you Rob Jack. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for having me on the show, and you—you uh, you have a beautiful evening. You too, Delvin Cox. We are out. Peace. Thank you for checking out this week's episode of the Delvin Cock Experience. If you'd like more content like this, go on patreon.com slash the Delvin Cox Experience and you will find more shows just for a dollar. Also, shout out to the Patreon producer, Ben Goodwin, a.k.a. Ghostwriter UK. If you want to check out some of his cosplay and stuff like that, go on his Twitter at Ghostwriter underscore UK. Also, give them a follow if you can. Thank you for listening. Peace out. Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner. Really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. Time to take this submarine back up. Ugh, but it's tax season up there, Captain. You know, all that stressing over taxes isn't necessary with TaxAct. How did you get... April here. To remind you that with Tax Act, you're guaranteed your maximum refund while filing for less. Beats being submerged for another month. May hey, Captain? To your stations. We're headed home. I guess I should probably close that window I opened. What? Kidding. Switch to Tax Act today and start for free. Restrictions apply. Price at filing subject to change. See taxact.com for guaranteed details.